The light is going to go on for somebody today. That's my prayer. The light will shine in some broken place in your life that you don't want to see. You maybe have tried really hard to get past that place to move away from the brokenness, but the rear view mirror betrays you and you haven't gotten past your past. The past has taken control of you. Are you tired of living that way? Why don't you hear from Jason today? He's a therapist, speaker, author, coach. He knows what it's like to be mired in the past. What does that mean? I looked it up. It means mud, muck, sludge, slime, gunk. And the verb means to hamper, to hold back, to entangle. I asked this question on Facebook. What part of your past can't you get past? I'll ask you that today. And maybe this conversation will be a gateway, a door opening to freedom to let the light in for both of us. Let's get started. You can find us online at chrisfabrylive.org. We continue to urge you to pray for Israel, for the war that's going on there. If you didn't hear the conversation yesterday, it might help you as you focus your prayers on that area of the world and the people caught in the crossfire there. Thanks, Tricia, who's our producer today, Ryan McConaughey, doing all things technical. Tahir will be answering your calls. Thank you, friends and partners, for your support. This month, we're getting past the clutter, the disorganization. And that's one of the things that can hold a lot of people back, too. You know, I grew up in a messy home. I'll never change, never be able to do that. I've tried everything. That's what Dana White believed. And then she went to work to find 100 doable, down-to-earth, sustainable strategies for decluttering, organizing, and cleaning. If you give a gift of any size to the program, we are going to send you Organizing for the Rest of Us, It's a hardback book, more than 200 pages of ideas and photos, easy to understand strategies. And here's the best thing. When everybody gets to January and they're they're (laughs) thinking about losing weight and organizing, you'll be ahead of the game because you'll have organizing for the rest of us. Call or click today, 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279, or go to chrisfabrylive.org. If you want to organize your life, this would be a great start for you. ChrisFabryLive.org. Jason Van Ruler is a licensed therapist, author, coach, speaker. He's lived what we're talking about today, about getting past your past. In 2011, let's see, 20, that's a dozen years ago, uh, he's worked through a lot of different people, a range of persons, people incarcerated, CEOs, performers, performers, artists, athletes. In 2018, he joined Bethesda Workshops in Nashville, Tennessee, where he serves as a group leader and facilitator. And his book is out, forwarded by Bob Goff. It's called Get Past Your Past, How Facing Your Broken Places Leads to True Connection. Well, I got a lot of questions even in the title of that, but let's meet him. Hey, Jason, how you doing today? Hey, Chris, I'm doing fantastic. I am thrilled to be here and talking with you. This is awesome. I'm going to jump right in because I think there's somebody who needs some of that light that I was talking about earlier. Did you become a therapist because of your past, the the brokenness back there? Yeah, it had a lot to do with that. I, I often tell people my becoming a therapist was initially kind of a selfish pursuit because I, I had some things I was trying to figure out. And, and so in the process of doing that, I decided I wanted to help other people figure that out. But the catalyst for me was really what I'd gone through. Which was? Well, things just not going as planned. And, and then me making them worse. 
So, so I think, uh, you know, my childhood just did not go the way I would have wanted it to go and was, was very broken in some places. And so I came out of that and I just said, never again, like I'll just never live this life. It's going to be different. I'm going to, I'm going to be completely the opposite. And then Chris, it was so disappointing because I actually didn't know how to do that. And so kind of subconsciously, I started to build the same life I was trying to run from. Let's talk about that because um, I've I've often looked at my own childhood in the rear view and thought of the dysfunction that I was in that I didn't know that I was in. It was a very I grew up kind of a lonely kid of uh, back on the farm. <laughs> didn't have a whole lot of friends and spent a lot of time alone. And so that you know I sit sit behind a microphone and talk to a lot of people would surprise. But I I almost feel like there is still this isolation that I'm in that I kind of thrived on of when I was a kid. And I wouldn't have said I had a, a terrible childhood at all. But I didn't know anything different. So when you say that you had a childhood that you would have changed, there's almost a, it's like, I've, I've never th- uh, experienced that. I, I didn't know anything to change because I was in that soup. Does that make sense? Yeah, we, we know what we know. And that's the hard part is that if we don't know there's other options, we often don't lean into them. We end up just doing what we know. And so I think when we do that, it's fine if it works. It's fine if it's relatively healthy. But if we come from a place or we have even experiences as an adult where we would say that that was not ideal, it was bad, it was traumatic or wounding. If we don't actually know a different way to do it, then we we get into a place of stuckness. And that's where a lot of people are, but they don't know it, you know, or they know that there's something wrong, but they don't they can't pinpoint it. And that's where a therapist coming along will help. But you make the point, and uh, Larry Crabb made this point over and over again, that you don't have to have a, a PhD to be a friend and to have a real impact on somebody else. You believe in the power of that, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, Chris, I require all my friends to have PhDs, but most people, <laughs> they don't need that. Uh, but, but you're right. I mean, our community, having those people close to us who really care and lean into our life and speak into our life, it can, it can be a therapist, sure, but also just having people in our life that are like that is so valuable. And I think as connected as we are, unfortunately, a lot of us are missing that part. I remember it like it was yesterday. The first time I realized I was completely broken, I'd just woken up from a terrible night of drinking and using drugs, disheveled, sick, and with an empty wallet. It was in an apartment I couldn't afford hours from anywhere I'd uh, known growing up and had nothing but an unstable job and a lot of debt. I looked in the mirror and didn't like the person who looked back. Loathed would not be too strong a word. So is addiction part of your story in the past? Yeah, wrestling with that and and being on the edge of it um, and just a lot of abuse of things, um, mostly for the reason of coping, just because I felt so stuck that I settled. Uh, I settled for living in the stuckness and feeling better instead of fixing what I was stuck in. When you met your wife, did she know that stuckness there or did you put the mask on? Well, you know, I tried, Chris, uh, but I'm kind of a terrible actor. So, you know, that's the limited my career options, but I, I don't think I was a very good actor at the time. And I think 
I think even just, you know, the, the beauty of her is that she saw through to the heart of things and said, I'm, I'm in, even though I'm in, Mm. even though it's messy. There's a lot of people who get married though, who don't, uh, pick that up. They don't realize what they're getting into. And this is why uh, a lot of counselors suggest a little longer engagement, not years and years and years, but at least several months, if not a year, so that you really hash through the things you get to know each other and and what you're up against or who you're really marrying rather than just rushing in and finding out years later. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm kind of on both sides, actually. I, I think we need to have enough time to really understand who the other person is and how we relate to them and if that brings out our best self or not. And then I also think, to your point, you have to be a little careful because there is such a thing as too long also, right? Where it just, uh, we're not moving to the next place that we need to. But just at a very basic level, I think we need to understand who the other person is and what really drives them so we know where we're headed. Yeah. And I'm going to open the phone lines today. My guess is just judging from those of you who have responded to our Facebook question today, what what have you not been able to get past from your past? Uh, Jason Van Ruler, the book comes out today, Get Past Your Past, How Facing Your Broken Places Leads to True Connection. And that was one of the questions. I'll ask what we come back. Why is the word connection in there? What is so important about the connection that you're talking about. What's the power in that? And uh, Jason will answer that. We'll take your calls, 877-548-3675. Click through today's information. You'll see more about our featured resource, Get Past Your Past. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio. Thanks for listening today. I think this could be helpful for you. What part of your past can't you get past? That's the question I asked on Facebook. And here are just a couple of responses from really, really deep to a little more surface, but you be the judge. Um, What part of your past can't you get past? Not finishing my upper nursing education classes. That's it. Anonymous. I'm trying hard every day, but my sexual abuse from my step-grandfather. Another, my divorce. Even though I didn't want it and our marriage wasn't a good one, I still feel like such a failure. It's been eight years. Neglect of my stepkids. In a sinful relationship in my past, not planting seeds of God's love in their hearts when I had the opportunity. And then... When my sisters got together with my mother and decided where she was going to live, I was never invited to that family meeting. I can't get past that. Or (laughs) not going to college. I am the only one out of four kids that didn't get a degree. I've always had the feeling I was never good enough in the eyes of my parents, even though they never said that. What is it about your life? What, What part of your past can't you get past and our Jason Van Ruler, our guest today, the book comes out today, Get Past Your Past. Uh, he says that he was kind of running from his past, but running into the, <laughs> into the vortex of his past, even though he was trying to get away from it, you were running into it or you're, you're building a life you were running from. Can you explain that to us, Jason? Yeah, I just ran in a circle. I, just, I was a boomerang right back to where it started. 
um, because that's just how it worked. There, there was nothing to really change the trajectory. And so because of that, I, I just did what I always known. And that wasn't my intention, but that's what happened. And I think we do that so often. And whether it's a, a really big thing or something even smaller, regardless, I think if we just don't know, kind of like you said, of any other way to do it, then we just do it the way we've known. And that can be a problem. And I think a lot of people will identify with passing the mirror and looking at yourself and thinking, ugh. And maybe it's not, you know, addiction or, you know, you had a gross sin in your life last night or you, you know, you're, you weigh more than you want to or that kind of thing. It's just you look at yourself and you think, ugh, oh, I don't, I don't like the life that I have. What is that? That to me, that smacks of shame and guilt and the enemy whispering to you. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think there's a side of that, and I think also sometimes it's truth. You know, so I, I think there's that part. But I think sometimes we catch ourselves in that moment, and it's really an invitation to be honest. And that doesn't mean that we have to tear ourselves down, but to take an honest assessment of what we see. How do I know I need help? That's a good question. Um, I don't really know how to answer that, Chris. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, how do I know I need help? Because I know I feel stuck. I know I feel stuck. And I know that I'm not really sure what the next step is. And so if I'm in that place, I need help to figure out what the next step is. So is that where connection comes from in the subtitle? What, what is the power of connection or a connected life? Yeah, that is exactly it. When we have connection and community, this all becomes easier. Because what we often struggle with is not only just having these things, and we all have these things, right? When you post that question, I love that, because everybody thinks of something regardless. We all have that thing. But what happens oftentimes is we feel like it's just our thing and other people wouldn't understand or it's too much or it's not enough. We do all these kind of things to disqualify ourselves from just talking to somebody about that. But in talking to somebody about that, we see we're not alone in it. So talk to the person who said, uh, I didn't get my nursing degree. I didn't go further with that. And I really regret that. And that not, I didn't finish that upper nursing education. What do you say to that person and that past? I say, okay, we can mourn that. We can mourn that that is something that you felt like you wanted and you didn't do it. And so we can mourn that dream and we can decide if we let that dictate the future or if we want to do something different with that. And even go, go back to school. See, my, uh, my proclivity is to fix it. You know, I want to come up with 10 ways that you can get past this. And a lot of times our past is not something uh, because other people talked about losing, you know, uh, widowhood or they lost a son. And they said, I don't really get past this because it's always there. I'm, I'm moving forward. But I, in a sense, I don't want to get past that loss because I love my son. What do you say to that? Yeah, I think getting past that doesn't mean forgetting and it doesn't mean minimizing. I think it's just changing our relationship with that. And when we change our relationship with that, it can become a relationship that's healthy and encouraging rather than one that holds us back. 
So, so the past is going to be the past, right? We don't, we don't have a time machine and, and we might really want to, but we don't. And so knowing that all we can really change is our relationship with it and hopefully have a relationship with it that both honors our faith and helps propel us forward. Why is it then that I only, when I get past your past, I only think of the negative. I never think of anything positive that <laughs> happened in the past and getting past it. It's like, I, I want to live there, you know, I don't want to be a, want to be a part of that. This framing, this is all about negativity, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think I think the things that hold us back are are things that tend to be negative, but they can be positive too. But they're the things that get in the way of today, and I think it's a lot to do with how it how it was is not how it is, or how it was is not how we want it to be. And so that's the change I think we really need to make about our past to the future is how it was is that what we want today, and if it's not, how do we make it different? Where does God come in here in all of this? God's part of the whole thing. That's the beauty of it, is that God's never left. And so as we start to do this, we start to talk about what it looks like to be honest and to create a vision and have healthy relationships. We've just got such a good model for that, and we've got an ability to connect right away. And so God is just always threaded through this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I had a situation, I told you I was going to tell you this, and, and so let me develop it just a little bit. I had a situation last week where... Uh, Flew in uh, to Chicago on Tuesday and then was there for a few days. And that first day, I just, there was something that was off and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I just didn't feel, you know, totally there. And then uh, doing the, uh, getting on the treadmill and doing the things that I needed to do, uh, I was there, but I just, I still felt distracted. I still felt uh, like I, I wasn't fully myself. And, and I, I couldn't put a finger on it. And as it went through the whole rest of the week, it got better. Thursday got better. Friday got better. got back. And my wife said on Saturday, uh, you know, on Tuesday, I really had a hard time. I was kind of scattered because of this, that, and this, this happened. And then I remembered it was the anniversary. And 15 years ago, uh, it was in Trisha's wedding. Trisha's our producer, and it was her anniversary <laughs> that that when all of this happened 15 years ago to our family in Colorado. And on Saturday, I finally connected it up that it was that event that had happened. You know, all those 15 years ago. I should be past this. You know, I started beating myself. I should be past this. I should that that shouldn't affect me. But I realized my wife had gone through the same thing. It was the past that was leaking in, and I couldn't even pinpoint what it was, but there was that trauma that was recurring, that was coming back, that was reminding me of this, you know, loss and and struggle that, that the whole family had gone through. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to, as soon as I saw the title of the book, Get Past Your Past, I wanted to have you come on here because there's that and, and several other things in my own life that I'm trying to to move forward to try, you know, like the old joke about the, the farmer with the donkey who throws it in the well and and the uh, the farmer tries to cover it up, and the donkey steps up on the the dirt, you know, and and finally crawls out of there. He just steps, high, climbs higher. I've been trying to climb higher on my past, but I don't know how I'm doing. <laughs> so you've heard that story. It probably reminds you of something in your own life or others that you've counseled. What do you say? 
Yeah, well, that's exactly what happens. I think that's just a beautiful example of, of how that works if we don't know what to do with it. You know, um, there was a, a viral photo that went around of this gal who left a potato in her dorm room while she went away for break. And a potato in and of itself is not necessarily a terrible thing. But what happened is she was gone for a long time and it sprouted all these arms. So there's these arms that are like four feet long crawling across her wall. And that talk, that potato becomes very toxic as those arms crawl because it just crawls into everything. And so I think that's a good representation of what we're talking about is at the heart of it, at that event, in and of itself is, is an event. And that may be a difficult event or an easy event. And then if we don't deal with it, it starts to just spider into the rest of our life. And now we're 15 years later and we're feeling the thing and we're not sure why. And it's because there's another little arm that has kind of crawled into this part of our life. And so what we have to do is we have to understand how we go back to the beginning and we just say, what is it about that that I'm not reconciled with? What is it about that that I haven't accepted, that I haven't made peace with? And why is that still coming up today? And I think the answer to that, and I was thinking of this before we went on the program, I think the answer to that for me is as protector, as somebody who is supposed to be... um, making decisions for that eventually lead to the best for all of us. What happened was um, I didn't listen to the, the niggling little thought that my wife had. It's like, I don't know about that house. And the house is the thing that, that started to make us sick, you know, and we had to, we had to leave it. So I think it's the guilt that I feel, and she's never held this against me, but I have enough myself of just thinking if I hadn't made that decision, we wouldn't be in this, you know, that situation. We wouldn't have had all the loss that we went through. It's my fault. Shame on me. And that's how I continue to process it. That, that kind of leaks over. Um, and, and again, this is not something that she said, boy, you know, if I told you, you know, none of that. We're in the boat together. But I still hold myself accountable. I don't think I've ever let myself off the hook for that. Hmm. And and that's so hard because we all do that about different things. But we all we all hold on to that. And I think a lot of why we do that is to continue to remind ourselves of the lesson. So what lesson would you say you need to remember from that experience? You mean of the outcome of it, the whole mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, what or, did you learn? Huh. Well, that that my that my belief or my faith was in a god who could make us comfortable and would keep us safe and happy and keep us away from pain and that's not the god who showed up but the god who showed up was the god who walked through the pain with us and was right there in the middle of all of it so if the goal is to uh, get away from pain in my life, then, uh, you know, he did a lousy job. If the goal is to draw me closer to himself and to show himself strong in the middle of the uh, the pain, then he was, he was a great God. He's a great shepherd walking mm-hmm. through the valley. So that's, that's what I cling to. And that in and of itself is a powerful message. That, that's important to take away, correct? Yes. 
Yeah, but I still feel guilty. (laughs) I still feel guilty. Yeah, so my next question is, do you need guilt to remember that? Uh, Meaning, I don't understand. Do I, do, am I? Is there a different way to remember that message than to guilt yourself Uh, into it? There probably is. It might be in your book, too. I don't (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I think there is. So, So what you're getting at is so important, right? Because... In and of itself, the message that you receive from that experience is is a wonderful message, right? I mean, I think yeah. we would all agree, like, that's true. But what I hear you doing is saying about that message, I need to hold on to guilt about how I got there and guilt that I didn't know that sooner or guilt that I didn't believe that more. And while I understand that, that actually doesn't help us to honor the message. It helps us mm-hmm. to be distracted because we're distracted by how we feel about ourselves. Well, you know what it does? It it helps me control it. Because if I if I lose control, you know, if I don't have the guilt, I lose control of it and it it uh, you know, it goes deeper or I start to have an emotion about it and, and all the things that it and all the loss and all that kind of stuff. So the guilt almost if I can make myself feel guilty for it, then I don't have to deal with the deeper pain that it brings up or emotion or gratitude that I could get to because if I if I go past the shame and the guilt. You're really good, Jason. That's really good. <laughs> well thank you. I, I think what you're sharing is something that we we all experience, right? Is I would I would rather settle for this than that. Yes. Yeah. And okay, so let me open the let me open the lines. Is this making sense to you? Is there something in your past that you're holding over yourself that you need to move forward from? Uh, Jason Van Ruler is with us. 877-548-3675. I've been telling you about CareNet and what this Pro Abundant Life Ministries doing across the country. This month, we're highlighting their Pregnancy Decision Line. It's a national hotline that provides immediate, life-affirming pregnancy decision coaching and pregnancy center referrals to women and men who are considering abortion. It's competing with what the federal government has announced, a national abortion hotline. Uh, If you want women to find places that will care for them and give all their options, click CareNet today at chrisfabrylive.org. There's a pledge you can sign against the National Abortion Hotline and find out more about the Pregnancy Decision Line. This is one of the regrets that many have about their past. I know that is, uh, is on the heart of many today. And if you're facing a pregnancy decision, don't go it alone. Get connected. Get answers before you decide. If you click CareNet, when you go to chrisfabrylive.org, you can find out more about their pregnancy decision line. Click CareNet at chrisfabrylive.org. Jason Van Ruler's book, Get Past Your Past, is our featured resource. It releases today. And I've had a really good time going through it, as you can tell, going through with my my own past and and own struggles. But talk about that abortion decision. This is the one thing that I hear a lot of women, and let's be honest, there are some women in, in the culture who would say, yeah, it's the best thing I ever did. 
What I encounter more often, especially among believers, is I made this decision a long time ago. It still haunts me today. I can't even hear you talk about CareNet without you know having this nerve touched on the inside. Talk about that kind of a, a past. Yeah, that is a really tough thing because I think some of the things in our past that we talk about are are really huge. And so it, it's not just so simple. It's a little complicated. And and I think about some of this stuff, the thing that we have to realize is that our, our feeling bad, our feeling guilt, our feeling shame is really an example of the fact that we've changed. Because we don't feel bad about things that we don't we don't think are bad, right? And so what happens is that we make these decisions and we we learn more, we identify more, we develop, we mature. And we start to see how those really impacted us. And so what we do oftentimes is that we judge our past decisions through our present awareness. And so we say, knowing what I know today, how could I have ever done that? When the truth is, you were in a different headspace. And so you've actually grown and that's why you're seeing it this way today. And so part of that is just understanding that the reason we feel so bad is because we're different. And that's actually a positive thing. And then in these spaces where something has happened that can't be undone or something has happened that is going to hurt probably forever, the question becomes, how do I make meaning out of this and how do I create a symbol for something better? And what do you do with that? Because it's the same thing that I talked about. You know, I can wallow in the guilt and almost make guilt my friend because it it makes it pushes me down it keeps me in my place it doesn't allow me to rise above you know whatever the decision was in the past uh and so it's almost like i i become comfortable in my in in the in the in the valley that i'm in because i don't deserve anything better you know and i tell myself that and so the guilt is just that spiraling down whereas you're saying even with a decision a long time ago that you made for abortion that there is redemption there's forgiveness and there's mercy and grace to be had here that can reframe that for your life today absolutely if we take action to do something if we just simply hold ourselves to that and we're guilty and ashamed forever, that actually doesn't benefit anyone. Because what that does is it means we just stay stuck, like you're talking about. We just we stay in that pit. You know, there was a there was a video I saw and it was these bears had been raised in captivity because they're rescued early on and they decided they were old enough to be let go. And so they put these big cages in a field and these bears have all these acres to run and they open the cage. As you do with a bear, you know, everyone kind of hides behind something and they open the cage, expecting the bear to go running out. And, you know, Chris, the bears didn't run out. They just stayed in the cage. Mm. And everybody was like, hey, but the door's open. Shouldn't they be sprinting out? Do we do we poke them with a stick? What what do we what do we do to get the bear to see that outside of the cage is better than inside? And I think sometimes we live that way, too. We feel like we have to live in the cage when the door is actually open and we could step out if we wanted to. It's scary. It takes courage, takes faith, but there is often something much better outside. Ken Boa told the same kind of a story and it's always stuck with me. Uh, and it was about a man who's, he had three dogs 
And he walked out with these three dogs and the two, you know, big dogs made for running, basically. And the, and the first two just ran, you know, ran out into the woods and came back and ran and came back. And the other dog ran in circles beside the man. And he became interested, you know, what's, what's the deal with that dog right there? And he said he was raised in a cage that was about three feet square. And exercise for him was running in circles all day long. That's all he could do. That's all he knew. So anytime they took him for a walk, that's all he did was run in circles. And that to him was running. And, you know, and the fellow was trying to train him. No, you can go further than that. Uh, And I, you know, I, I wonder if that's not how God looks at us sometimes, that you're still running in circles. You're still doing that circle thing and you don't have to. Absolutely. That is a that is a beautiful story and I think it really captures it because the longer we run in that circle, the deeper the rut and the harder it is to even get out of that because now we build a life that is such a rut that we're stuck in it. And so I think we do have to expand our options and start to talk to some people who might be able to see those for us if we've forgotten. Yeah. And seeing it is half the battle, isn't it? I I just Absolutely. Being and and you may have to have somebody else see it for you and and tell you about that. Um and and what a gift that is. But you know, for God to open your eyes, that's why I said for somebody the light's going to go on today as you're listening to this and and it may be a spouse, you know, it may be sometimes I my kids tell me more <laughs> see stuff about my life and tell me more about my life than I want to see, if I'm being honest, Jason. What <laughs> Aren't about kids you? great that way? Yeah. yeah, kids kids see right through it. You know, they are uh, they are the best, worst at that because they just cut right to the chase and they see it how it is. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk with Jason today. Jason Van Ruler, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. What did you say, Ryan? Did you tell me I... Okay, good. Uh, let's go to Isla. Hi, Isla. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing quite well, and I'm so glad you called. You know the fellow who's on my program today, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did you want to ask him? I was wonder. I was listening to this, and I was wondering what inspired him to become a counselor and eventually write his book. What a fantastic question. All right, Jason, what do you say? I think that's a beautiful question and from a wonderful person. Um, (laughs) What inspired me, I think, is um, just seeing the circle, seeing that I was running in the circle and wanting to help not only myself, but lots of other people to get out of it. Because I knew that if I could... I could do big things like have a wonderful wife and wonderful kids, but I had to get out of that. Huh. How many children do you have, Jason? I have three. And uh, where is Isla in that? <laughs> Isla's, Isla's in the middle. Right in the middle. Right Isla, in the middle, Isla. You are gonna be, you're going to be a radio host one of these days because, Isla, you don't know how few people will ever call a radio program and be on it, but you've got a lot of courage, and you had a great question today. Is there anything else you wanted to ask your dad? Um, my 
brother has something to ask. Oh, we get the whole family oh in there. Okay. <laughs> this is this is either the best day of the world or it could be a nightmare, <laughs> right? Uh, what is what is her brother's name? Who's that? Finn. Yeah. Finn. Oh, hey, Finn. How are you? Good. How are you? God, I'm doing great. So, what did you want to ask this fella? Um, how did you come up up with for the title of your book of your new book? That. I was going to ask that one, and you beat me to it, Finn. It's a, the title, there is a little bit of controversy with the title there, Jason. With with the Get Past Your Past? Yes. What is the controversy? The, well, the controversy of, uh, maybe controversy is too big of a, uh, too strong of a word, but do you really get past it? You know, is and is that the goal of getting past it? Because, like you said, you know, if you've got a big loss, you don't want to forget the past. You don't. Want, and so, how did you come up with that title? Yeah, well, I think at the heart of it, that is that is what we're trying to do is to get past our past by changing our relationship with it. So, not abandoning it or running from it, but just moving through. And I think this kind of captured like. I don't know what so many people just want to do is like, how do I get past that? I just kept hearing so much yes. of that from clients and different people I'd talked to. And it just felt like calling it that really encouraged people to take action to do something. Yes. And what they mean by getting past it is not being stuck, not, not right. f- forgetting everything that happened back there, but to be able to live freely, you know, abundantly, John ten ten. To be able to have abundant life in the middle of the tension that I still feel about what happened back there, right? Absolutely. Yep, you captured it well. That's exactly what we're going for. Well, Isla, you and Finn, we are privileged to have you call us today. And uh, that makes a dad's heart feel really good. Jason Van Ruler, Get Past Your Past. How Facing Your Broken Places Leads to True Connection. You can find it. It's our featured resource out today at chrisfabrylive.org. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. Thanks for your support of the Back Fence. Glenda is a new monthly supporter. That means she's a Back Fence partner. She's going to get my Back Fence post. She's going to get a signed copy of The Promise of Jesse Woods. If you want to be a Back Fence partner, give a gift each month of any size at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org, or call 866-95-FABRY. We're talking with Jason Van Ruler today. He's helped me with all my past and some of yours as well. Eva is on the line. Eva, tell me why you called today. Yeah, I guess the thing I can't get over is um, there have been a couple people in my life who I felt prompted to witness to before they died, and I didn't do it. And I, I'm praying that memory will help me not make the same mistake again. And also, I'm praying that someone else witnessed to that person. Mm. That's a really uh, honest and a deep uh, regret, Eva. And so I'm I'm interested in what Jason has to say. What do you say, Jason? Well, hi, Eva. Uh, I'm Jason. And so I just appreciate you being willing to share that because that is a really hard place to sit is to want to do something really meaningful and to not feel like you were able to do it. And so I can see why when it feels unresolved, it's hard to let go of, right? Right. 
And so what, what part stands out to you? What, what part do you hang on to? Just the, the wondering, I wonder if anyone was able to, or I wonder if they needed to hear something that I didn't say, or what, what part sticks out as the part that's hard to let go of? The just not knowing, never knowing where they are in eternity. Will I see this person? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of emotion around that because this is, this is serious business, right? This is a right. big thing. And so I, I think what happens is that we have good intentions and we have what feels like our opportunities. And sometimes we don't feel like we got to have the opportunity or we got to say the thing that we were supposed to say. And yet what needs to be said is said. And so I think sometimes just knowing that you wanted to do that is enough. And, and having some warning about not getting to do that is okay. And understanding that when you do have an opportunity like that, again, that you will show up to do the best you can, but that at the end of the day, sometimes these things aren't as up to us as we'd like. Hmm. And there you go again, going back to sovereignty. We, we keep coming back there. You know, Eva, that is the, uh, that's the reason I decided to do this program. I had a friend named Bill who would do stuff around the house in Colorado that we talked about earlier. He would do anything, you know, something broke and he'd come over and fix it or build something. And one day I heard that he had passed away and I realized we had had some spiritual conversations, but we really hadn't gotten to the, you know, down, down to the, the bedrock of it. And when I heard he passed away, you know, he was in his fifties. It just didn't, that's not right. And the opportunity came to do this program, and I thought, you know what, I I said yes to it, because not out of penance or not out of you know, oh, I'm such a bad person, I didn't talk to Bill like I should have. It was, I get the opportunity to speak to Bill, a lot of different Bills and Marys, whatever, whatever your name is, and and talk about the truth of who God is, what his love is about every day. And that's the way that I've taken the negative and and done the positive with it. Now, I'm not suggesting that you get your own radio program, but I'm saying I could have stayed in the guilt and the shame, uh, which is kind of a form of pride in a sense. We were talking off the air, Jason, of, of my whole thing of hanging on to that guilt was almost like somebody saying, uh, oh, I'm too big of a sinner for God to forgive me and not receiving that, not humbling myself, but hanging on to the guilt is almost a prideful thing. So thank you for for getting me to that that point here in the program today. Um, I want to end, Eva, thank you for your call. God bless you, friend. I want to end with this song. Um, the, the Avit brothers sang a song that kind of bookends the book. Can you tell me about I and Love and You? Yeah, I and Love and You. That That is a song that was playing during one of the most difficult times in my marriage when we had, we'd been going uh, and we had thought for sure that we were going to be able to adopt a child and had a big buildup uh, until the, the day of, uh, and then the, everything changed. Uh, the person changed their mind. And mm-hmm. so... We had a very long car ride, and on that very long car ride, it was very, very quiet, and we put on music, and that song came on. And, you know, I've I've always dressed like a therapist, Chris, but I haven't always been one, 
And so uh, emotions were not always, you know, my, my strong suit. And so I remember just sitting in this vehicle, just having no idea what to say about what had just happened and hearing this song and just hearing exactly what I felt, but couldn't say. And through that song, I think my wife and I really had some more intense connection and conversation because it gave us permission to feel the things we were feeling. Yes. Without having to even, you didn't even talk a whole lot about it, as I remember. It was just this, you and it was a, still a long car ride, and you got the empty car seat in the back, right? Absolutely. Yep, we're just in the thick of it. What do you say? What do you do? I don't know. But there was this song, and it captured that at the moment. And so that was enough. And so maybe we couldn't have verbalized those things, but in listening to it, we both knew that's how we were feeling. Yeah. There's an epilogue then that you have to read. <laughs> you read that part and the longing and the struggle and the, uh, you know, just the, the brokenheartedness of the beginning. And then read the epilogue when the, they go to the, I won't give it away. They go to the concert though, <laughs> and they're singing it there. And, Isla is part of that. We just heard from and Finn is part of that. And it doesn't, in order to get past your past, you don't have to have everything come full circle and, and kumbaya and cotton candy. It, life is not like that, right? Right. It doesn't all have to be made right. It just has to be made and we have to be willing to see it. <laughs> May the light shine. Uh, Jason, thanks for for your work. What, let me ask you a question before we end. What's a good question that people can ask others, you know, that aren't counselors, but they, they're intrigued by somebody else's life is going through a hard time. Is there a question that you suggest we ask others in those situations? Yeah. Sometimes just a question of where are you feeling stuck opens a big door. And if I showed up in that place where you feel stuck, how would I do that? <laughs> I knew you'd have a good answer. Uh, God bless you, friend, your wife and family, two of which we've, your kids we've heard from today. And uh, come back and see us, okay? All right. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Congratulations on the book. Again, it's at releases today. It's titled Get Past Your Past, How Facing Your Broken Places Leads to True Connection. It's a controversial topic. It's a controversial. <laughs> I, pr I promise you it is. Get Past Your Past. And I, I pray that the light has uh, dawned on you just a little bit more today. Keep praying for Israel. Come on back tomorrow. We have a good conversation about the memorization of Scripture right here on Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.